Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 20th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, on Tuesday mornings, Mr. Cole Shelton. Cole, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good, man. Can't really complain, Cole, honestly. Like, we've had some amazing cards lately. Uh, sports are doing really well right now. We, we obviously just had NBA and uh, NHL finish. So we're right in the midst of the World Series, Cole. I'm a big, big baseball fan, man, so I'm loving it right now. Uh, football, obviously, has been pretty crazy. Another crazy Sunday with a bunch of upsets, but we're the UFC guys, right? We're here to talk about UFC, and Cole, we got a lot to talk about today, man. Uh, UFC 254 will be taking place this Saturday at Fight Island. I cannot wait for that card, Cole. It's going to be good. I will say this. There was a few fights that fell off, Cole, that I, like, I was really looking forward to, but that's life. It's unfortunate. It happens, though. Um, also, we're going to recap this past weekend's UFC on ESPN Plus 38 card, the Ortega Green Zombie card, which we'll have a lot to talk about there. Bellator 249, we got some fight announcements, we got uh, some news, and we'll obviously take you guys' questions at all points of the show, so throw them in there anytime you want. Uh, Cole, let's start with uh, this past weekend's UFC card. Let's do UFC on ESPN Plus 38, a.k.a. UFC Fight Island 6. I'm just calling it by what it says on Fight Island, on uh, Best Fight Odds, guys. So we call it Fight Island, me and Cole, and we're talking, but according to the Best Fight Odds, that's why I call it that. All right, so let's go to this, Cole. Pull it up here. We'll just start with the main event, Cole. I mean... Like, I didn't expect this from Brian Ortega. You know, you were talking last week, Cole, and you messaged me, and you're like, what if Ortega randomly wins? So I was thinking to myself, I don't think it, ha it happens, because like, I always go against guys coming off long layoffs. He was coming off a two-year layoff, guy that fought forever. His last fight, he suffered a record-setting beating by Max Holloway. So I didn't expect much from him in this fight, Cole, but I was absolutely thrilled to see Brian Ortega came back. And not only came back, Cole, he looked better than ever. You know, he bucked the trend of guys that miss a lot of time, miss one or two, three years. They generally don't come back as good as they once looked. He looked as good as he's ever looked. His striking is light years better than it used to be. Uh, we didn't even see his ground game. We didn't have to see his ground game in this fight. I, I was just beyond impressed, Cole. Like, he controlled 25 minutes of the whole fight against one of the best guys in the world. If you had asked me how this fight would finish, I would have the last thing on my list, Cole, would have been Ortega by decision. It would have been the last thing of all the possible outcomes of this fight. I would have never expected that to happen. So... It's nice to be wrong sometimes, especially in a fight like this where you see a guy like Ortega who a lot of us are counting out and we're like, this guy doesn't deserve a title shot. He shouldn't be in the title picture. Cool. I think he just solved a lot of problems at 145. I believe Ortega's going to get that next shot at uh, Volkanovski 100% after this performance. I want to hear your takes on this fight, Cole, because I absolutely loved his performance in this fight. Yeah, he looked <clears throat> he looked really good. I thought, like, the way this fight was going to go, I thought it's – I picked zombie, so I thought zombie by stoppage late. I didn't think he was going to be early. I saw people saying, oh, zombie first round. I thought if he's going to stop him, it's going to be like that fourth, fifth round. Something to Max Holloway, because we saw Ortega have such good chin where it takes a while. So I thought zombie eventually was just going to hurt him, finish him, like fourth, fifth round. And then the next possible outcome was probably zombie by decision. Would have been my second option would have been maybe Ortega can just survive. The third option would have been Ortega by submission, then Ortega by knockout. Then Ortega by decision. Like, yep. I did not see Ortega winning by decision at all. I thought if he was going to win, it was going to be by stoppage. Because I thought this fight was going to primarily be on the feet, which it did. And I was surprised. I thought Zombie was a much better striker. But Ortega took those two years, and he really improved a lot of striking. Yeah, it's just nice to see a guy really go into the gym and get better. Like, I was hearing his uh, press conference after Cole, and he basically said he, he fell off the face of the earth for a while. You couldn't even get in touch with him because he was just training so hard by himself. So I love to see that. He obviously had to lose his hair for this fight, which isn't good. He had a tough weight cut, but he donated it to cancer, which is nice to see. 
Um, I just thought he looked amazing. Cole. Hopefully when he does fight Volkanovski, he's got that full head of hair, man. So they get those promo pictures and the posters and everything. But uh, yeah, Cole, I think definitely that's the next fight. I, I got to be honest though. I was pretty bummed out by Zombie's performance. Cole. It just didn't look like the same guy. I don't know if he maybe the travel, maybe he just had a bad train camp. Maybe he was injured. I don't know what happened. Cole. I know Ortega obviously needs all the credit in the world for his performance, but I just feel like that wasn't the same zombie we've seen against like Frank Yeager, where he was super aggressive, came out, knocked him out. He didn't seem that aggressive, Cole. And even, you know, first round, okay, you lose the first round, whatever. Second round, okay, you lose it. You lose the third round, you're, you're in the need of a finish in the fourth and fifth rounds. It just didn't feel like he wanted that finish that bad. I don't know. It was kind of a weird performance. I, I still like zombie a lot, but, you know, I think you kind of got to fade him a little bit after this performance, Cole. It just didn't look like the same guy. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, he just wasn't aggressive. Like, you even saw Mokano, he's coming out aggressive. Like, his past three fights, even yeah, your Rodriguez, he was that aggressive guy. It just, like, it didn't look like he had that, like, urgency to do something. Especially when he goes down 3-0, you're going to need a finish. And he still wasn't really going at him. He was still letting Ortega be the aggressor, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, we'll move on, uh, we'll move on to the next fight. Wow, I mean, I, I was surprised by this one, too. I picked a bunch of dogs in a row in the main card. This one, I, I, to be honest, Cole, I still regret picking Trukagan because again, my method generally is you're going to take the fire with the longer reach and, and the hiding advantage almost every time. And in this case, I, I wouldn't have picked Andrade. Even though I love her, I would have always picked Trukagan. So even though I got this pick one, Cole, I don't regret it at all. Um, but it was a one-sided fight. It was, and she bucked the trend again of a fighter who had a significant reach disadvantage going in there and just nullifying that by getting inside that nasty punch to the body right to the liver cold was so nasty. It was probably one of the nastiest body punches I've ever seen in women's MMA. Leads to the finish there. So Andrade knocks out Chikagin. Five seconds left to go in the first round. Do body shots. I, I would love to see her fight Valentina Shevchenko. I think she gets the winner of that fight with Maya. What do you think? I don't think so. I think you really? need Lauren Murphy or Cynthia Calvillo are still uh, ahead of her. Really? How though, Cole? Like she just beat the number one contender, though, didn't she? Like I'm pretty sure Chikagin was right. But before that, she's uh she's one and three in her last four. One in or one in two. One in two in her last three. Two in yeah. two four. Yeah, but she lost to Zhang and Nama Yunus. I mean, to me, and first off, a different weight class. I, I feel like this division, Cole, you only need one win, you know. So we'll see. You're right. Maybe um Murphy if she wins a little bit higher, but I just feel like Andrade is way more marketable for the UFC, especially. Like I think Fans would rather see her fight Valentina because at least she has that knockout power. You know, like, how is Murphy going to win? Just grind her out? I don't see that happening, right? So I know what you're saying, Cole, but uh, I don't know, man. I think she should, she could get a title shot. You know, we'll see. Um, either way, great performance here by her gets the knockout. Uh, and speaking of great performance, I mean, Jimmy Crude, he wins a bonus too. I should have mentioned Andrade obviously won a bonus. Ortega didn't win a bonus. I know we didn't get the stoppage, Cole, but I still probably would have given him one because he had 25 minutes of dominance. But, uh, yeah, Crute wins one for the win over Bruskowskis. He looked great in this fight, obviously. Uh, Jamie Crute's not top 15 right now, Cole, but, like, a guy like Paul Craig is 15th. I think he could easily take his spot. I'm not sure who – we'll see, take a look at the rankings. I think he definitely needs a top 15 guy next. I don't know who he'll fight. I mean – Well, Jimmy Crute's even beat Paul Craig. Exactly. Does OSP have a fight? If OSP doesn't have a fight, that would be a really good fight, I think. I don't believe he has a fight book. So maybe he just fought. Yeah, you could do OSP coming off the knockout win over Alonzo Metafield against uh, Jimmy Crew. That'd be a fun fight, right? I would watch that. I'd rather see him fight that than like another prospect. You know, um, there's just it's two of five. So you, you should get the it should be veteran versus prospect. And I would like to see that. Uh, next up, Cole uh, James Cross defeats Claudio Silva. Claudio Silva, man, what a weird fighter! Eh? Like his style is so strange. Is this bizarre to watch? 
Crow's pretty much just picked him up, Parkle. I don't think this fight went any differently than you thought. I, I thought Silva might win, but it was a close fight. I think it was literally a pick him at the sports books, but uh, Kraus gets the winger call. Uh, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, he was really good, especially when his knee gave out in the first, what was it, and near the end of the first or early in the second round. I forget what round he said his knee went out, but, man, even with his knee still out, he was still picking Silva apart. He was still stopping all the takedowns. Like, Silva's a guy, man, if he, like, I don't know why he just doesn't drill takedowns. His takedown were, like, they, he didn't set him up at all. They were just blindly thrown. Like, if your whole game plan is get the fight down to the ground, you got to work on getting this fight to the ground because Kraus was, Kraus saw every single takedown coming and he just stayed away and just picked him apart. He even hurt Silva a couple of times. I actually thought Kraus was going to finish him late. I thought it was going to be like that Sergio Marais fight where in that third round he's going to knock him out. Yeah, the thing about Kraus uh, Silva is, first off, first loss in 13 years, second off Cole, he's never been finished. I mean, that was his first loss in general. He had a disqualification loss in his debut in 2007 but since then never been stopped never been decision so to me what james cross did was pretty impressive um finally one of the dogs i did pick correctly hit cole jonathan martinez looked outstanding here this was my most confident pick on the whole card so i'm glad to see that came through he defeats uh thomas almeida by decision like i said cole coming off three-year layoff it's very hard to pick thomas almeida in this spot but jonathan martinez is a player at 135 man like i know he doesn't have a big name i know that he has some losses that he'd like to have back but Cole, this guy is really good. He's getting better every fight. Yeah, he looked good. I think Almeida is obviously better at 135. I think. Yes, I should mention he was at 145, but still. Uh, and the, he just, the first round, I think, with Ringus was a big difference. I think as the fight got on, he got a bit better, but Martinez was tactical strikes a lot better. I still want to see Almeida get one more. I hope the UFC gives him another one, see what he can do, not yeah. after a three year layoff. But Martinez is a guy to watch out for now. I'm with Cole. I, I think you give Thomas Almeida one more fight. Um, I don't know who he'd fight, but maybe like, for instance, a guy like that guy that Nathaniel would just fought John Castaneda. Like that would be a fight that he could win and you can keep him in the roster. Cause I do think there's still some merit to having him on the roster. He's just not that same guy he once was five years ago. Thomas O'Mey, when he was coming up, Cole, like a lot of us loved him coming out of legacy. We all thought he'd be a UFC champion, but the chin, and now we're seeing this, the reflexes are going to, it's unfortunate, but it happens in the sport. Let me take a couple comments here. DJ Hogan, good morning, buddy. That lover shot maybe flinch at home. That was nasty, bro. When I saw that replay, I was like, holy crap, that's a nice punch. Massio, Massio, what's up, bro? Good morning, gentlemen. How's it going, bud? All right, let's get through this one. Uh, next up, Cole. Okay, this fight was fight of the night for sure. He did win the bonus. This was an incredible fight, Cole. Uh, Durham Kutatalati, I finally got it right, Cole. It's really easy, actually, once you get it a few times. But Kutatalati defeats uh, Matias Gamrot via split decision, Cole. Big upset here. Uh, Great fight. I, I I did score for Gamera. My tweet made it on TV. I thought I think it was the first and third round. Um, it came down to the third round, I believe. I think, believe it came down to the third round, and and I know that uh, obviously Gamrot had the early control, and then Kutaladze came back late, which I guess is why the judges gave it to him. But I still would have went Gamrot. Either way, though, it was a great fight. Uh, how did you have a score, Cole? I can forget. I had the same. I had Gamrot winning the fight. I thought I was actually really shocked that Gurum won. I thought it was pretty clear for Gamrot. I thought. There was a couple decisions I didn't agree with. I didn't agree with this one. I didn't agree with the Zion Malarkey. I thought Malarkey clearly won two later on. But, I mean, if those two – that's the thing about MA. Like, my pick didn't look too good. I think I was, like, seven and four, six and five, something like that. But if those two go my way, it's, like, an eight and two night or an eight and three night, and it looks yeah, a lot better. I know. I know what you're saying. Uh, next up, Julian Robertson defeats Polly Ann Battello. Honestly, Cole, not a great fight, but she got the job done. Her first decision win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, John Young Park, I'll talk about this against John Phillips. Just an absolute beatdown, guys. And this is exactly why, guys, I want to see more from Kamzat. He's got to fight a reasonable step up because we just saw John Young Park look like Kamzat. 
this John Phillips guy is not UFC caliber whatsoever. Cole. Like he should not be in the UFC. Um, this was an absolute beatdown. John Park landed a record-breaking 258 strikes on the ground. Also, okay, so according to this is really funny because this was really controversial as far as like fantasy goes this weekend, Cole, because he landed 260 strikes, but they only gave him 10 significant strikes. So if you had put him on your team, you, you actually be in trouble, which makes no sense to me when a guy is winning 30 24 in the cards. So this is the kind of fight that I think that a lot of like fantasy guys are really getting a little um, just bothered by because it's it's making a lot of people wonder if there's corruption going on, quite frankly, because you have a guy in park that I'm pretty sure landing more than 10 significant strikes over the course of 15 minutes. I understand ground strikes aren't always significant, and a lot of those were like soft shots, but there's no way that was it. Anyways, uh, next up, Ferrazzi M defeats Jane Malarkey by decision. I also had it for Malarkey. It was a close fight, though. I'm not surprised either way. Uh, Maxine Grisham defeats Antigua by knockout. I think mean, that's it for Antigua from the UFC call. And... Uh, Saeedur Magomedov defeats Mark Striegel by knockout. We had a comment there from DJ Hooligan. Saeed's first round KO, yeah, he looked amazing. And uh, Massio Massio is saying, <laughs> Claudio Silva's striking defense is worse than John Vellante. That's pretty bad. Just wait you watch John Vellante versus Jay Collier. You're going to love it. We're going to say, cool. I saw this one tweet I forgot to mention. Is, uh, I forget who tweeted it. was like, who has worse takedown defense, Curtis Millinder or... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> sure, it's Millinder. I love Millinder. Man, that takedown defense is just wow. All right, so we'll quickly talk about uh, Bellator, which took place this past Thursday. And I will say this, Cole. First off, uh, I don't think Bellator is doing a good job of like marketing the fact it's on Thursday now because I had a bunch of people message me on Twitter saying, like, what, when is this card? I was like, it's tonight, right? When I did the podcast last week. So I feel like they have to get that out there a little bit more because I feel like more people would watch if they knew it was on. Either way, um, just talk about it really quick here, Cole, but uh, Chris Cyborg defeats Arlene Blankel. First career submission. How crazy is that? What a crazy sport I'm is. So we see Chris Cyborg and Jermaine Duran, you get submissions in back-to-back week. What a crazy sport after the, never getting one for. But yeah, I mean, what's next for her, Cole? Because really, you look at this division, it's it's weak. I guess someone like, I don't know, like who are these people, like Olga Rubin or something? Like, is that Katz and Gano? Katz and Gano would be the fight, I guess, yeah. But is she even competitive after like, Man, she looked terrible in that last fight, I thought. I didn't think she looked good at all, Cole. No one's... Cyborg just goes through every single girl in the Bellator's feather division. Like, if Gabby Holloway gives it got a tough test. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. Uh, Just a few other fights. Leandro Higo defeats Ricky Mendez. He looked outstanding, but he he missed weight calls. So, uh, I know you suggested that James Gallagher fight. I think that's what actually he called for. So, what do you think? I like it. I think Gallagher needs to step up. It's obviously he goes a guy that likes to get down to the mat. You don't really want to get down to the mat, James Gallagher. Yeah. And then normally, if you have the two guys that want to get down to the mat, coming into a striking fight, so we can see both their guys striking. Who's a better striker? I'd be fine with that fight. Um, the other fight I thought was Patchy Nick, so I think it'd be a good fight too. Any of those fights make sense. That one thirty-five pound division at Belter is really nice. Uh, quickly, is going through the field of fights here. Cole, uh, Steve Mallory defeats Shanti. This guy looks like a real prospect in the heavyweight division. Sada Wad, Mandonello, one of the most brutal growth strikes we've seen in the world. That was nasty. There was a really bad one a few weeks ago with that Stayonic guy who fought uh, uh, Raymond Daniels. That was horrible, but this was bad. And just going through the prelims, like uh, there's a bunch of results here, but a few that were notable. Uh, Kyle Crocker lost the decision. I didn't watch that fight. I was busy. Oh, it was bad. It. it was a bad decision, huh? Yeah. I think, like, yeah. Even uh, so, Josh Thompson, who obviously trains with Crutchmer, he was trying not to be biased. He says, at worst case, the 29 28 Crutchmer, John McCarthy, who is not biased at all, literally said, These are before the judges even did the decision. He's like, Crutchmer won every single round, wasn't even close. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. Okay. I didn't see the fight, but that's not good, <laughs> obviously. 
you don't want to see the judges mess up that bad. All right, so I think that's it for Bell Turco. I mean, there's not much else I want to talk about here. I think it's time to go to UFC 254. So let's pull it out here, Cole. Really quick, while I set the card up, Cole, I just going to get your quick thoughts on the card as a whole. Ah, man. Habib Gage, you want to fight. Colin Event's great. There's a couple lines. I think some of these lines are way off on some of these fights. But I do have one. I like the early start time. I just don't think the UFC's promoted enough. Like, I already have some of my friends text me, like, oh, we're watching at your house Saturday night. I'm like, it's at 2 p.m. But, like, they're like two of my buddies are like, uh, one's a big UFC fan. He was too, but then two others are like casual that we always watch it. He's like, uh, what time should I come over? Like 8, 9 p.m.? I'm like, yeah, if you want to miss the fight, you can. <laughs> so I don't think the UFC's done that very good job of letting people know it's at 2 p.m. start time. See, I think they did a better job than Bellator. I'll say that because at least they showed it on the pay per view and stuff. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It starts at, I think, 10 a.m. Eastern time for the prelims, guys. So get ready to wake up early, but I don't mind that. I'll actually love it. All right, Cole, let's go through this card. We'll start with the first fight of the night. We're in the lightweight division. Joel Alvarez takes on Alexander Yakovlev. And right now, competitive line here, Alvarez minus 155. Yakovlev plus 135. Who's your pick? I'm going to go Joel Alvarez. I'm just not too high on Yakovlev. Like, he hasn't looked too good in the UFC. Obviously, he had a tough strategy. Like, he, his first his UFC debut is against Damian Maia. Like, doesn't really get much harder than that. But then loses to Nigo Moscow, beats Gray Maynard, George Sullivan. Loses to Camaros and Zach Cummins, beats Alex Little last fight. Lost to Roosevelt Roberts, and I'm not really high. That loss at the time didn't look too good, or it looked good, but now Roosevelt Roberts, we see, obviously isn't as good of a prospect everyone hyped him up to be. I think Joel Alvarez has a big advantage on the ground. He can get this fight down to the ground. I think he can control Yakovlev for three rounds, if not submit him. He is a tough guy to finish. Like even David Maia, Kamaru Usman didn't submit the guy. So I think Alvarez is just going to kind of take him down, control him for three rounds, and win a clear-cut decision. These guys are both huge for lightweight, by the way. Like Yakov left six foot three with a seventy-four inch reach, and Alvarez six three with a seventy-seven inch reach goal. So these guys, are, these are two of the biggest lightweights. I do like the matchup. Yakovlev hasn't fought in a while, though. Um, man, he just hasn't been too impressive the last few years. You look at his record; he has fought some pretty tough guys overall, but I just haven't been too impressed. Like even the fight he did win against Da Silva, he was losing that fight, came back and choked the guy out. But overall, I mean, he's a guy that hit his prime like five no seven years ago when he beat Paul Daly that's when he should have when he did come to the UFC but again they matched up with some tough guys early on and just never really got it going uh, Alvarez man I wasn't too impressed against the Ismagalov in his first fight but since then he's looked great man defeating Belaro and Duffy as a big underdog tapping him out this guy is a submission expert when I was in Brazil last year this guy Albert Fernandez he works for like their MMA the big MMA or sports media company there in, in Spain, he was telling about this guy and Juan Espino, who I already knew about, but he was telling about Alvarez, and I didn't really believe him at first, but after the last fight, I'll, I'll stick with this guy. So I think you can actually probably get uh, Yakovlev out of there. I mean, he's a submission expert. Yakovlev has been stopped before by, by a submission. So it'll be either submission or a decision, but I think Alvarez wins this fight, Cole. So that's my pick. Next up, and this fight's incredible. I love this fight. This is uh, definitely a sleeper, I think, for fight of the night. Casey Kenny against Nathaniel Wood. It, it should be noted, 140-pound catchweight fight. And right now we have Kenny as a small favorite. Actually, decent size favorite, minus 200. Wood plus 170. Who's your pick? Yeah, see, this is one of the fights I was talking about. I don't like the line. This is a much more competitive fight. Like, I, when this first fight, when this fight got announced, I'm like, man, maybe this is going to be like a pick. I'm slightly like minus 140, minus 150 for Casey Kenny. I like Case Kenny in this fight, but there's, I think he can use his wrestling just kind of hold down Nathaniel Wood. It really comes down to 
has Case Kenny fell in love with striking? Because I think if he, after that last fight, if he falls in love with his striking, I think Daniel Wood has a good shot of winning this fight. And there's a couple of things I don't like about this for Case Kenny. Is I talked to him before this fight. He actually went home. So he did the 16-hour flight for like eight days to a small training camp, then flew all the way back. So that's like, that's a lot of flying in a short period of time. So I wonder how that's going to have an effect on his body. Switching over back over to Arizona time, then switch back over to fight in Abu Dhabi. All that time change. Like I wonder how that's going to impact him. I like Casey Kenny here. I think he can kind of out-wrestle Nathaniel Wood. I don't see either guy being able to finish each other. They're both really durable guys. Nathaniel Wood's only lost. Uh, he did get knocked up by John Dodson. Lost your thought it was early. Case Kenny's obviously Marab didn't even finish him. I like Case Kenny just to win this fight by decision, but uh, mine's too. I did. I'm staying away for at this point. I pretty much agree with Cole here on this one, guys. I, I feel like this is a very close fight. And th- here's the thing: Casey Kenny looked amazing in his last fight. It just happened like two weeks ago, right, against Alatang. So it's fresh on people's mind. But it wasn't that long ago, Cole, where Nathaniel wouldn't absolutely outstanding performance against John Castaneda, guy I just mentioned a few minutes ago uh, in Fight Island in the summer. That was only like a couple months ago, right? So. Both these guys have looked outstanding. They're both young prospects. Um, man, I love this fight. I mean, both these guys are really, really good fighters. There's no doubt about it. I absolutely think Wood can win this fight. Uh, I was definitely close to picking him, but after Casey's last fight, I have a hard time picking against him just because he looked so incredible in that fight against Alatang. His striking looked amazing. Wood is a good striker, but I feel like he takes some shots, and I feel like Kenny can just add a volume win decision. So that's my pick here. I mean, Casey, Kenny by decision, but Wood can probably surprise her too. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he actually was the one who was getting the better of the striking. And also, he could get the fight to the ground. I think Wood would have an advantage on the ground, although Kenny's good there too. But great fight, Cole. I lean Kenny decision, but it is super close. And I, I personally wouldn't want to bet on this fight. I just think it's one of those fights you watch because, man, it's a great fight. Next up, we have Liana Juja, uh, Jujua, excuse me, against Miranda Maverick in the women's flyweight division. And right now we have Maverick minus 420. And Jujua plus three thirty five, and the line opened way closer than this. But now we have Maverick as a big favorite. Who's your pick? I have to go Miranda Maverick, but again, the line is way too high. You can't even bet this fight at all. I know Jujua won her last fight, but I'm still fading her. She lost to Sarah Marais in her debut. She did not look good, and her last one, uh, Belbeat, obviously isn't that good of a win. Miranda Maverick has looked really good in Invicta, twenty three years old, one of the top prospects. Wins over Pearl Gonzalez, Deanna Bennett, Shayna Young, like. She has a lot of good wings. She's been tested against some good girls in Invicta. I think she can just kind of control Juju on the ground. I know Juju had that submission. I think she can. I think Maravik's kind of better everywhere, but I expect a win decision. But no way, I am betting this fight at all. There is, it's really dog or pass at this point. Like I wouldn't even be surprised. Like I honestly think putting a small amount of money on Juju is not a bad bet because it's Maverick's UFC debut, and this line should be a lot closer than what it is. I'm with Cole on this again. I mean, you look at the opening line, um, and I de- they definitely opened it too low, but minus 140 for Maverick and plus 110 for Jujua. The line's ballooned to what you see now. So, obviously, everyone's fading Jujua that's put money on this fight. And I can see why, because Maverick's a good prospect, Cole. But again, making her UFC debut, she's really young. She's still green in the sport. Jujua does have two fights already, right? Or, um, yeah, two fights. And I know she got knocked by Morass, and that's a bad loss. It really is. But the Bobita fight, she looked good. And, you know, she's got a lot of experience now. And uh, she's getting better, I think. Um, you know, Maverick is a really good prospect, Cole, and I've heard nothing but good things. And what I've seen, she's pretty solid. She probably grinds out the win here, Cole. I think she probably does win the decision, maybe. Maybe gets a stoppage. But, you know, Chiju is absolutely a live dog in this fight. So my pick's Maverick, but minus 420, there's just no way. You can't. I don't think you can do it. So my pick is uh, Maverick decision. There's just no way you, I could bet on that line. It's dog or pass. 
Next up, we have a middleweight boat, excuse me, a light heavyweight boat between Dan Jung and Sam Alvey. And right now we have Dan Jung minus 345, Alvey plus 285 for your pick. Man, I'm so tempted to pick Sam Alvey here just because I'm not too high on Dan Jung. Like he's undefeated in the UFC, but like the Mike Rodriguez win obviously is really good, but Ibrahimov, that win doesn't look that good. And even get to the third round of him doesn't look too good. Sam Alvey. Uh, my pig's going to be Dan Jung, but I think a way to bet this fight is live bet this thing. After the first round, if Sam Elvey survives the first round, I think it's his fight to lose. I think Sam Elvey has shown he has better cardio, even against Ryan Spann. He almost finished Ryan Spann in the third round. He made that a competitive fight. The problem for Elvey is his chin. If he gets hit, he could have been going down. Uh, Jimmy Crude, uh, 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 Rogero Nogueira has finished him. Like, uh, Bray, who kind of rocked him in that fight, but even Ryan Spann kind of hurt him. So I think if he gets fired that first round, it's Dan Jung. If I wouldn't be surprised if LB wins the second and third round or even finishes Dan Jung, but uh, four straight losses, he just I do worry about the chin, so I have to go Dan Jung, but I wouldn't be betting at this price. Yeah, I'm taking Jung for sure. You know, the more I look into this fight, just I don't see much like what I'll be here calling. If you look at the age difference, 26 to uh, 34, I mean, that's eight years. That's a, And also, the amount of wear and tear. I mean, Alvi's coming off four straight losses. He's fought so many times. He has almost 50 fights now. He's taken a lot of damage. He's been getting KO'd a little bit lately. The last fight with Span was impressive. He almost won that fight. I was impressed by his performance. But uh, overall, four straight losses. I mean, I just feel like he's an automatic favorite now. Jung, he's on a nice win streak, 11 fights in a row. And I think he's looked pretty good in the UFC. The last fight with Rodriguez, just a beautiful punch. His, his punchy technique, is, it's very good. And I feel like he can just be the better striker. I actually think he can knock Sam Alvio early on. Um, but I'm with Cole in that, you know, if he doesn't get him out of there early, it's possible Alvi could could edge our decision. But overall, I think Jung wins this fight, Cole. My pick's Jung. I think he does probably get Alvi out there with punches. Next up, we have Alex Oliveira, Cowboy, against Shavat Rachmaninoff. This is a UFC debut for him. Uh, right now, we have Oliveira, minus 125. Rack. Monov is plus 105. Who's your pick? Uh, I really like uh, Rakhmanov here. I think uh, early on in this week, you think even like yesterday, it was like plus 150. So there's been a lot of line movement on him. And I think he's a guy, if you look like he's actually fought some good level of competition. Like in his fifth fight, he fought a guy that was 12 and three. Like he's been fighting guys that are seven and one, 11 and three, 28 and six. And like just to see how high the UFC is on him, like he was supposed to make his UFC debut earlier this year, and they threw him against uh, Bartos Fabinski. Event was canceled because of Corona. Uh, then he was Ramzan Amiv, and then he was supposed to fight Alessio Zalazu Dos Santos on this card. So they're kind of throwing him right to the deep end right away. And uh, this is kind of more of a fade on uh, Alex Oliveira as well. I just haven't been too impressed with him. I know he's on a two-fight winning streak. He did look against Peter Savada. I thought he lost to Max Griffin. And before that, he lost to uh, Nicholas Dalby, Mike Perry, Gunnar Nelson. I think uh, Shavkat was just going to be able to pick apart Alex Oliveira on the feet. I don't think he's going to finish Oliveira. Oliveira is a really tough guy to finish. I like Shavkat by decision here, though. Yeah, that would be my pick, too, actually. I think he can win as a dog here. Again, Oliveira, just so inconsistent, Cole. I know, he, again, he's lost or won his last two fights, but he had a three-fight losing skin before that. Um, just a little inconsistent for me. At times, he can look great, and he's got, obviously, striking. He's got ground game, so he's a dangerous guy. But Rakhmanov here, 12-0, and no Cole, 25 years old. Watching his fights, I mean, this guy's really good uh good striking good ground game obviously too so he is just a well-rounded guy unbeaten his career at 12 and 0 and all of his wins by stoppage i do think he wins this fight so i would i would probably play him here as a dog i think rackmanov's worth a shot plus 105 i wouldn't be surprised at all call if he uh, eventually does become the favorite here because it looks like uh the odds are going that way but rackmanov 
I mean, how does he win? Why would you say, Cole? What do you think? I think decision. Yeah, could be this. I mean, he's never won decision, so maybe he does get him out there. But yeah, I mean, uh, generally, Cowboy's very durable. All right, next up, this fight is just really bad. I don't know why it's on this card, but uh, Stefan Strube against Ty Dubesa, to me, is the worst fight in the card, Cole. Pick them odds, man. Who knows who wins, right? Strube minus 115, Tabesa minus 105. Would you pick? I, I like, I don't really like either guy, but I guess my pick is tied to Avesa. I know he was plus money earlier on. He is kind of one of those dogs I like. Uh, at this point, I think it's kind of a stay away fight, though. I think it's really uh, tied to Avesa's kryptonite is getting taken down. I don't think Stefan Struve is going to rest, out wrestle this guy. Stefan Struve gets knocked out. I, uh, this guy he frustrates me so much. He's so tall, has such a good reach, but he doesn't know how to use it. He lets everyone get on the inside. And I think two of us is eventually going to end up on the inside and land something big and knock Struve out. But uh, no way I'm betting either. No way I'm laying my money on either one of these guys. Yeah, so I bet against these guys almost every fight, but especially Struve, probably for like 10 years now. I pick against every fight, except for the Stipe fight, which is the one I actually picked him in. And somehow he won that fight. He was a big underdog. Right? But uh, I pick against him every fight, Cole, because his chain just can't hold up, I think, to a big punch. And to Besa, you know, for all his faults, Cole, he does have some power. Here's the thing, right? Like, if the fight goes to the ground, Struve wins for sure. I think he could definitely submit to base it, but he doesn't really have, like, wrestling, Cole. Like, his fights get to the ground and scrambles and when guys get tired and stuff. So, I feel like it's this is a, uh, this is a coin flip fight, let's be honest here, Cole, but my pick's going to be to base it too. Probably knocks Struve out. I just... There's no way in hell I'd put money on this fight. Just, I work too hard for money to do that. But to base it by KO is plus 175, so... You could take a look at that because I do think that wins. But again, how do you trust these guys? One guy has won what, one of his last five and two days has lost three straight. No, no chance. Now, this next fight, guys, we broke this fight down I think three or four times, Cole. So we'll, we'll do the breakdown very quick. Mega Man Ankalev against Yonku Talaba. This fight's happened. It happened back in February. There's controversy. It's supposed to have happened, I think, this is the fifth time for the rematch. Me and Cole, we both picked Ankalev every time. We said that he should win, but the line's too high. My thoughts remain the exact same. What, what about you? I like Agalov here, but uh, the line has actually been dropping. Like <laughs> I remember earlier, we were like literally like two months ago, we broke the thing down. It was like minus four fifty. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely nothing has happened, and, and now it's minus three hundred. Like, why did it go down like a whole dollar fifty off what? Like nothing has out. This was this is what makes me so mad. Is like in, in like when did we start bringing this down in uh, April? It, yeah. I think he was something stupid. I right. then in August, I think he was like minus four fifty. Then the August twenty ninth, I think he was like minus four hundred, something like that. I have to go back and look, but now, now he's three hundred. Like nothing has changed. It's just the fight's been canceled. I can't lie if I not uh, TKO here, probably gets it done for a second round. Yeah, the, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's just the line movement's very bizarre in this fight. But yeah, Ankalev should win this fight by knockout. But uh, I'm kind of gonna stick with the way I thought about it before in that. I don't know if I want to play it just because the way that first fight ended was so funny, man. I and the fact this fight has been scratched like five times, super weird, super strange. Uh, Masio says, "How can I can't not take the shoe guy?" I, I yeah, again, me and Cole are gonna both pick two bases, and I didn't even know Cole was gonna take him before the podcast started. But uh, it's just it's a fade on street ride for me, anyways. I think Cole's the same way. All right, next up we have a women's flyweight but Lauren Murphy against Lilia Shakarova, and right now Cole we have Murphy minus two fifty, Shakarova plus two ten. Who's your pick? I'm gonna take Lauren Murphy by decision. I don't really know much on this Shakarova girl. Uh, it's short notice fight. I don't know how much she's been training. She hasn't fought in like a year. I mean, 
and not much I can really say other than I think Lauren Murphy's just going to be able to grind her. Maybe she gets a late stoppage. Like maybe Shakarova's gas tank isn't there and Murphy finishes her in like the second, third round. But I have to have Lauren Murphy. But I wouldn't bet this fight just because I don't know enough about Shakarova. And maybe she is a lot better than what I think she is. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of an unknown fighter here. So just looking at the fight, I mean, obviously Murphy is one of the top flyweights. She's been around the sport for a while. She is older, though. I mean, she's 37 years old, but, you know, she continues to look pretty good. Won three straight fights. Um, the win over Roxanne was obviously a good win for her. Supposed to fight Calvillo, I and mean, the winner of that fight could have got the title shot. This is, uh, man, I feel like this is such a crappy situation for Lauren because if she loses, she was supposed to win this fight, and if she wins, she was supposed to win. So it's kind of a bad situation for her, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, she is the favorite here, and she should win because she has all the experience in the UFC. She does have the wrestling. She does have some striking as well. Um, but Shakarova is certainly a walker here, Cole, uh, coming out of Uzbekistan here. Won three straight fights, a uh, couple knockouts, but I mean, I just don't really know enough about her to pick her against someone like Murphy, who has, for all kinds of purposes, looked pretty good at women's 125. So, Laura Murphy by decision, that'll be my pick here, Cole. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of Shaq, or maybe during fight week, I'll, I'll take a look at her a little bit more. But for me, it's just I got to pick Murphy. She had the full training camp, Shaq, or short notice, DOT debut on a main card against a good fighter. This is kind of a tough spot for her. All right, next up, uh, I don't really know why this fight's in the main card, Cole. i got to be honest. I don't think this should have been the main card fight. Uh, Phil Hawes against Jacob Malkoon. Right now we have Phil Hawes, minus 260, Malkoon, plus 220. I, I just don't feel like this fight should have been on the main card, Cole. But anyways, who's your pick? I have to go Phil Hawes, but I'm not betting this fight. Jacob Malkoon, only four fights. He's one of uh, Rob Whitaker's main training partners. I kind of feel like that's why he got signed so early on. Whitaker, oh, they call it a fight card that Whitaker's on. But... Phil Hawes has the experience. He's been in there on the Contender Series. He's fought in Bellator, fought in Brave. He's fought a lot of tough guys, but uh, I like Phil Hawes, but uh, I don't like the lines. I wouldn't be betting this fight. I'm with Cole. I mean, even the last fight in Contender Series, I wasn't confident he would win that fight just based on the previous Contender Series, WSOF, and even Ultimate Fighter fights. But, you know, this is a guy with a lot of experience at this point. Like you said, Cole, fought in Bellator, fought in Brave, Contender Series, now in the UFC. He's fought forever, so or for a lot of promotions, I should say. Um, you know, this guy's been working for a long time to get the UFC. He's finally here, and I'm pretty sure he'll have a good performance here against Malkoon, but I don't know. Like, I mean, this guy's 4-0. I, I, I'll be honest, like, a lot of us don't know much about him. He obviously, the UFC likes him, so they've seen something they like in this guy, but, you know, only four fights, Cole, and he hasn't fought anyone notable. I still got to go with Phil Haas. It's just one of those fights where, again, this guy could be potentially a wild card coming in here to the UFC with really no name recognition whatsoever. Uh, next up, we have a heavyweight bout between Walt Harris and Alexander Volkov. Right now, Volkov minus 170, the big ticket, Walt Harris plus 150. Who's your pick? Uh, I like Alexander Volkov here. I actually like him quite a bit. I think he's just going to be able to use his range, pick apart Walt Harris. Uh, Walt Harris obviously did hurt over him, but then got finished. He, he has looked okay in the UFC, like wins over Linux, buyback. He did have that win over a Lobs Control return, but. I actually think a good way to bet this fight is, let me know what you think. I think Volkov by decision, I was looking at it, Volkov by decision is plus 215. Oh. I don't know if he's going to finish Walt Harris because uh, I think Walter's kind of had that, like uh, just a dump of like, adrenaline after his last fight. Obviously a lot of stuff going on personally. I don't know if that's going to happen here. Volkov's a guy that's not really known to finish. Like he, I think this is going to be similar to Greg Hardy where he just kind of picked apart Greg Hardy for three rounds. I think that's the way it goes at plus 215 for a decision. I think that's a pretty good bet. 
Yeah, to be honest, Cole, I pretty much agree with you completely on this fight. I also like Volkov in this fight. Uh, again, the height, the reach. I, I feel like it's going to look like that Greg Hardy fight, to be honest with you, where he just kind of stood at range, picked apart Greg Hardy. While Harris is more dangerous than Greg Hardy, as we, I think, would agree on, just because he has more experience than MMA. He has, I think, a little bit more knockout power, a little bit more explosiveness, maybe. But uh, I feel like that's a pretty decent comparison, just based on the styles. That's exactly how I feel this fight's going to play out, Cole. So I'm with you, man. I mean, I didn't even take a look at that prop, but I think that prop's got value. So woke up by decision. But I, I just like him in this fight. I think he wins this fight. Wal Harris, man, he's so inconsistent. I know he's had some personal issues, obviously. It's been about a year since his daughter was murdered. So got to feel bad for, for Walt. And, you know, hopefully they don't cut him if he loses this fight because, you know, the guy has had obviously some issues personally. But I just don't like the matchup for Cole. So my pick's going to be Volkov, guys. And I'm, I'm with Cole. I think he probably wins the decision here. He could stop Walt Harris. The Walt's cardio is just a big issue. And if he doesn't clean that up for this fight, which I don't think he will, he could get stopped late too. All right, next up, Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier. Here's the co-main event, Cole. This is an amazing fight. Cannonier right now, very slight favorite, minus 115. Robert Whitaker, minus 105. Who's your pick? I like Robert Whitaker here. I think this fight really comes down to – I don't think you're going to be able to appoint Rob Whitaker for three rounds. I think three rounds actually benefits Whitaker because he's been fighting five rounds. I think he would actually have a bit more of a, a pace going for three rounds. I think Cannonier hasn't fallen a year. And he, I know people talk about the next contender, but his middleweight round actually hasn't been too impressive. Like David Branch, Anderson Silva, whatever. Jack Branson wins obviously really good. But I think I don't see him finishing Rob Whitaker. I know Whitaker did get dropped by Till. I know he got finished by Adesanya, but. I think maybe Canner does drop him similar to tell him the first round. Whitaker wins that second, third round. I like Whitaker by decision. I think he can use those light kicks, just kind of outpoint Canner, not let Canner land anything big on the inside. Maybe even use wrestling, get some takedowns on Canner, similar to what he did to Till. But I like Whitaker by decision. But man, this is such a good and close fight. Yeah, this is a great fight. The winner should get the title shot unless they do Izzy against Jones or Blahovitz or whatever. But the winner should get the title shot in 185. You know, looking at both guys, I'll start with Cannonier here. I mean, he's, you know, this guy is uh, a real inspiration, I think, to a lot of fighters because he's 36 years old. He's reinvented himself as a middleweight. Three weight classes in the UFC. I remember when he came to the UFC, he fought Sean Jordan, and, and I picked against him. He got KO'd. I didn't think this guy was that great. He, he had a little bit of success at 205 when he moved down. But since going to 185, three straight wins, David Branch, Anderson Silva, Jack Hermanson. The Hermanson fight was incredible, I and mean, he looked amazing in this fight. But it was a year ago, too, so over a year ago, actually. So that's, that's concerning a little bit, especially for guys 36 coming off a long way off like that. Um, Robert Whitaker just fought recently. I thought he looked pretty good against Till. I mean, not the best performance in his career, obviously, but uh, a guy that has beaten everyone in the division, basically, except for Adesanya. So this guy is still an elite guy. Uh, you know, the Adesanya fight notwithstanding, he's looked outstanding in the UFC, Robert Whitaker. I don't think the line is correct. I think the line should be flipped. I believe that Whitaker should be favored to win this fight. I don't agree with the betting line at all, actually. I, I think there's value on him as a dog, especially. I would love to give him a plus money, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a competitive fight for sure. I mean, it, it, we'll see in this fight. We'll see if Whitaker's chin has deteriorated to that point that a lot of people think it has, but I don't think it has. I think he wins this fight by decision. So that's my pick, Robert Whitaker by decision. Again, I, should, I think he should be favored, so I think there's value. And also, Whitaker by decision plus two twenty call. That's how the way I see the fight finishing. So you look at Cannoneer's like resume, and he does have a lot of knuckles. But generally, like you look at the losses, decisions, or strikes. So it could be either way. All right, cool. Uh, main event here, cool. Actually, somehow we have all the same picks. I think up until this point, which never happened before. I don't think, but I guess it could change here in the main event. UFC undisputed lightweight title up for grabs. 
UFC lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov against interim champion Justin Gaethje. Right now we have Khabib minus 335, Gaethje plus 275. Who's your pick to win the UFC lightweight title, Cole? Uh, again, I think the line's off on this. Like this is a much close fight. Like I don't think Khabib should be anywhere in the three hundred. I think the the problem about well, what makes this hard to pick is everyone talks about Gaethje's wrestling. Oh, he's a two time Arizona high school champion, a all American D one like a uh, wrestler. But we haven't seen it. So how good is wrestling if he hasn't used it in years? That's like the big unknown of this fight. Maybe his wrestling is so good. And he just stuffs all Habib's takedowns and just picks apart Habib and knocks him out. But I have a hard time thinking he has better takedown defense than what Habib's takedowns are. Uh, Habib, I would be surprised if Gaethje stuffs a couple, but uh, like even Connor stuffed a couple. But the problem is Habib just keeps going and going and going, and he doesn't get tired. I think that all these, the thing like Gaethje's cardio did look good against Ferguson, but that's strictly just, um, that was just striking. I think once Habib starts taking him down, using those sweeps, using just kind of putting all his weight on Gagey, I think Gagey's going to get tired. I think Habib's going to end up finishing him in the third, fourth round, probably by submission, maybe ground and pound. But I think I like Habib here, and I like him inside the distance. Wow, that's that's a, that's crazy. Um, I mean, I can't disagree with what you said, Cole, because Habib is an amazing fighter. He's one of the best of all time. I mean, if he wins this fight gets that 30th win fight after that. Most people will probably call him the GOAT, you know, especially if you beat GSP or something. But, man, I got to be honest, guys. I think the line is crazy here, and I think Gaethje wins this fight. I know that's pretty crazy to say because you can't bet against a beat, right? But I'm going to do it here. I think Gaethje wins, guys. I, I believe the striking and the volume is going to be the difference in this fight. I think he can actually um, keep the fight standing because I do believe in his wrestling. I do think it's good enough to keep standing. And, that fight with Ferguson, absolutely outstanding. His last four fights, he's looked outstanding. His striking defense is so much better than what it once was. Um, his his output is even better than what it once was. He's, he's protecting his chin a lot better. Again, you know, stats aren't everything, but you look at the stats and the significant strike difference right now per minute, 7.74 for Gaethje, which is, I think, the highest in UFC against uh, 4.1 which for Habib, which is actually pretty good, but 7.7, double the amount of strikes he's landing per minute. Again, Habib is an absolute beast. And also, Gaethje, we should mention this, he's absorbing eight strikes per minute, whereas Habib's only absorbing one. But a lot, again, a lot of those strikes absorbed were in the early fights against Pori and Alvarez where he got KO'd. He is different now. He's a better fighter now. The fight comes down to whether Habib can land takedowns or not. Can he land them? If if he can, then he probably grinds out a decision like he always does. Or maybe gets a stoppage late. But if he can't, and Gaethje keeps the fight in the feet, I see no... No way can Habib can beat him on the feet because you look at the Ferguson fight and the way he absolutely destroyed Tony Ferguson on the feet. He completely outclassed a guy like Tony Ferguson. So I'm going to take a shot in the dog here, guys. I've never picked against Habib, so I'm like really scared right now. But I, I think he can, I think Gaethje can win. I, I love the guy and I think he can get the job done. Let's see what Hogan, DJ Hogan, Gaethje's fade on the spine. I feel like he's being slept on. I agree with him. Uh. <laughs> Cole. Shouldn't smoke so many cigarettes, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, DJ Hogan, if Justin can push up the pace, it'll be the X Factor for him. I agree on the, the pace too. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. You want to throw your comments in there? It's definitely interesting. Um, anything else you want to talk about this fight call? I mean, we still have time to talk. So um, any other reasons you know you really like Khabib in this fight besides obviously the grappling? And well, pace? What's kind of interesting is that Javier Mendez is on my show this week. And, yes. and he, I don't think they actually think Gaethje's that much of a tough test. Like, he was saying Connor's a. He said yeah. Connor's still a tough test for Habib at lightweight. I don't think they really 
think of Gaethje's wrestling that high level. Because I was asking about it, and he goes, and Connor had that one punch knockout. I don't think they really think Gaethje has that one punch that can shut off their lights. I think they can just expect to kind of maul him. But uh, I don't know. It's definitely a closer fight. I think this is. I don't know. Uh, I do kind of think Connor is still a tougher test, but uh, it depends on what Gaethje's wrestling is. Like maybe I am gonna be totally wrong. Gaethje could stuff all the takedowns and knock out B, but it's so hard to pick something that we haven't seen. I know it is, but you know, the truth is Cole, And I thought about this a lot recently. Like there's very few fighters that go their whole careers without losing. You know, it's, it's very hard not to lose and it's all matchup dependent, man. So, you know, I feel like this is a good matchup for Justin. And I think at plus 275, it's a no brainer personally. I'm even looking at the prop school. Uh, Gagey by KO is plus 450. That's how he went. He's won all his fights. I think in the UFC by stoppage, right? Only has like two decisions in his career. Maybe you look at that too, but it's it, betting against the beat is, is dangerous. But when you get plus two seventy five, I think you got to take a shot. I'm gonna do this one straight wager. Looking forward to this main event. Not much of a read, but feel people are justifying lane big numbers based on records. And Lomachenko, and we should talk about that too. Shows how fast someone can get caught. Speeding wagering, dude. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. People get caught speeding all the time, especially in combat sports, you're parlaying a couple guys and one of them gets caught and they lose and, and you get caught speeding. It's happened to me many times. Um, everyone, I think the line might get even more because I think most casual people will just put them in their parlay and they're like, all right, we'll put Jong and Habib and I don't know, someone else like just looking at the card, right? Like there were some big favorites, by the way, before the card got ravaged by injuries, like in COVID, like uh, Islam was a, mi- a minus six. Oh, which was so stupid. I was picking RDA. Yeah, man, I know. Actually, I would have picked RDA too, Cole. Like, I remember I said to you, I'm like, what's with this line? Minus 700 or something. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see here, Cole. Uh, I, but I'm with Straight Wager. I'm with you, bro. Um, you know, you've been around the game for a long time, man, so you know what it's like. Uh, people parlay guys all the time. They lose. So, again, it's a beep. I can see why people are playing him. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a great pick. I just think at plus 275, I'm going to take a shot on the dog because I think the line, I think the line should be like minus, like minus 190 plus 150, something like a spread like that. Uh, have you seen the props for when Gagey's going to win? How like ridiculously high they are? The time? Like the time of the fight? Yeah. So like Gagey in round one is. Oh, no, I didn't see that. What plus, is... plus 1175. Gagey in round two, plus 1475. Yeah, I didn't Gaethje in round three, 1925. And then it's in 2400 and 3200 to win in round four and five. I mean, those are ones I'd be looking at because I think he would probably stop him late. I don't think it happens early on. I mean, maybe we'll see. We'll see, guys. Habib could easily go in there and just absolutely just dummy Gaethje on the ground easily. But never seen that happen, Justin. I mean, his, his, his wrestling, his scrambling ability is good. We've heard for Cole, how many years have we heard Gaethje's good at wrestling? Can't wait to see if he actually is that good. DJ Hooligan says, I got Alvarez, Alvi, Rachmanov, Volkov, Waker, and Bieber. I'm leading against you too. Okay, no worries. That's cool. But we had all the same other picks. Yeah, we like Rachmanov too here as a dog. Masio says, we may never see Justin those bad decisions positioning uh, while his back's in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, if, if he gives up his back, which he could at some point, we'll see. The other thing, we, we didn't even mention this goal, but we should mention it because – we're breaking this fight down, but by Friday morning weigh-ins, Michael Chandler could be fighting in this fight instead, depending on what happens. Like, I don't want to see about uh, I think both guys beat Chandler. I would say so, too, especially because Chandler never fought in the UFC. I think that'd be brutal to come in on, like, one day's notice. I know he's been training, obviously, but, yeah, that's just a weird situation overall with, with Chandler coming to UFC and being a backup of this fight. But, yeah, I mean, if that fight happens, if 
by Thursday, they change the fight. I'll break it down on Thursday's podcast. But for now, it's hard to know like what would happen there. But I would probably pick uh, against Chandler, even though I really like him. I just think that'd be tough. Well, it's really a shame. That, why couldn't they have booked Islam Makachev against Chandler? Like, I don't understand that. Ali didn't want this guy. I, okay, by the way, Ali Abdelaziz, and, and you know him really well. He's really good at his job. Like, the MMA manager is a tough job. Like, these guys are up. They're up 24-7. Like, they don't even sleep. Like, it's a hard job. Like, you're constantly getting called, texts, whatever. But and I, I think the guy's good at his job. But, like, some of the stuff, like, he's so stupid. Like, he, he wants Makachev to fight. But you have a guy like Chandler. You have other guys calling him out. He's like, no, I don't want these guys. Or Kamayev. Kamayev is another guy, Cole. How does he not have a fight booked yet? Neil Magny's out there every day on Twitter saying, I want to fight you. Why is that fight not booked, Cole? Tell me. Because Hamza thinks he's getting like uh, Wonderboy or Leon Edwards, and they're both turning him down every single day. But why? Why does he deserve a top five guy? Like, I just don't agree with it at all. And again, he's looked amazing, guys. Like, the, the Mirror fight was outstanding. But this Dallin Jung, or not Dallin Jung, uh, Young Jung Park, does he deserve a top five guy? Right, like, this is what, this is what, so he beats uh, John Phillips. Park did the exact same thing. He beats yeah. Gerald Mearshart by knocking the first round. Ian Heinish starched Mearshart like, yeah. uh, what, a minute? Like, yeah. three months before. How come no one's clamoring for these guys to get top five guys? His other win is his other win is Reese McKee. So if Alex Morano goes out and uh, dominates Reese McKee, he deserves a top ten guy next. Like I just think people need to slow down the like he truly hasn't fought anyone inside like the top twenty five. No, no, I mean Mershaw was like maybe the twenty five or thirty range, something like that. Cool, maybe. I think that was a big win. But again, I'm with you. Like, how do you jump to the top five after being unranked guys? Like, I just I get the UFC likes him. I like him. I think he's great. I think he could be a champ. It looks like they just want him in the fast track to the belt. Because if, if he goes in there and beats Edwards or Wonderboy, they probably would give him the next title shot. Like, I would assume, you know. What's with uh, Ultimate Fighter, too? I mean, you got to wonder, like, what are they going to do with that? Are they waiting to do something like that? Are they going to do Colby versus Mazadol on Ultimate Fighter? Is that what they're waiting to do, Cole? Like, those guys are – no one's talking about that. Dana said they're starting to film after they get back from Fight On, yeah. which is – They don't have coaches. They don't have which coaches. Which is Monday. Yep, and is Dana lying about that? Does he actually have the coach and he just didn't want to say? You know, Dana keeps his cars close to his vest, right? I think they do have coaches. I think it's going to be Maswell and Covington Cole because I just think it makes so much sense. Those guys are not fighting right now, make some money, and have a big a super fight. Uh, well, I would assume the finale is probably in like June or something like that, something, I guess. It's like six months. I'm not – I don't hate the Ultimate Fighter coming back. I just hope they've made it a little bit more interesting than what it once was. Um I, love, I used to love the fire pole. That's how I got in this okay. I loved it. I, I, the first couple of seasons were amazing. Like the BJ Penn season in season five against uh, uh, Jens Pulver. That was incredible. But, you know, the last couple of seasons obviously went downhill. Lost viewers. People weren't watching it. No one was caring. No one was talking. But even guys like me, the cover of the sport, we weren't watching it. But I'm excited a little bit about the comeback. Uh, the thing for fighters, if you're a fighter, why would you go on the Ultimate Fighter when you need to win like four times? But you just go on the Contender Series and win once. I agree completely. I mean, honestly, why would you even go to Contender Series? You're guys getting the UFC now on short notice, called that they didn't have to fight in Contender Series. They didn't have to fight in tough. You go, you go through the list of guys the last few years that got kind of caught on Contender Series, like Chris Curtis and these guys. I feel bad for these dudes. Like he had a knockout win. They were like, "You're too old." Why was he on the show in the first place, Cole? But anyways, that's near the here right there. Uh, I do want to talk about a few other things here. So let's talk quickly about uh, Poirier and McGregor too, and uh, the fights at 170. Cole, according to John Kavanaugh, so no surprise there, Cole. Like obviously Connor hates cutting wave; it's not for a title. Um, but now Habib did an interview with the Aaron Bronsetter, and he basically said, "I don't think the winner deserves a title shot." And he was very critical of Poirier. Basically said that he uh, was kind of like uh, he just did whatever Connor. He went along with Connor. He didn't. He wasn't too pressed. 
I, I'm going to be honest, but I still think the winner gets title shot. What do you think? I think so too. I think, especially if it's Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not super excited about the prospect of that rematch. Like, I'd rather see Connor against, you know, other guys like Ferguson and Poirier and Khabib fight other guys too. But I think that's probably what's going to happen, even though obviously uh, Khabib thinks that the winner should be fighting at 155. I mean, that fight should be at 155. I'm with him completely there too. But again, it's Connor. Connor called the shots, Cole. We all know this. Now, the other thing, this morning, bad story came out called Mike Perry. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. So Mike Perry released a statement last night saying, uh, there's going to be a story coming out for a major publication uh, accusing me of assaulting my ex-wife. I didn't do it. Never laid a hand on her. I'm in a loving relationship. Basically what he said, his ex-wife, Daniel Nickerson, the platinum princess, she came out today, MA Junkie. Um, she has a video interview with them talking about the abuse. It's an hour long. It's like 58 minutes. I didn't watch it yet, Cole. I haven't had a chance. I just read the article. Um, but the allegations are not good. Obviously, she accused Perry of ground and pounding her at some point and uh, making her like scared and calling the police. And, and it, apparently, she has like bruises that were pictured and she showed MMA junkie the pictures. This is bad. This is bad. I mean, and you know, the thing about this is it's like it's not coming out of a place of nowhere. Like, we had heard rumblings that she was going to say something because she had tweeted about it and stuff. Uh, Daniel Nickerson call. It's obviously not cool. Mike Perry's got a few screws loose. Yeah, he's an entertaining fighter, Cole. But between this, the drunken rampage on the guy, like I, I question why he has a fight book right now, Cole. This guy needs serious help. What do you think? Yeah, and I wonder what's going to happen with this fight in a month with Robbie Lawler after all this. Like, would oh, you be surprised if the UFC pulls it? There's just no way. Like, how can he? How can they justify having this guy fight when there's like, like allegations, like serious allegations with evidence of him abusing his ex-wife? Like, that's bad stuff, man. This is the kind of stuff, this is the kind of guy you do really even want on the roster, you know, you wonder. But again, to be fair to Mike, you know, he's going to get his day in court. So I get that. That's 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 true. It's hard to, like, keep a guy from making a living. But cool, I mean, geez, dude, like, if there's pictures and videos and stuff and 911 calls, cool, like, it's pretty bad, bro. It's pretty bad. I personally would like for them to remove the guy from the card and, you know, fill in Robbie against a guy like Jeff Neal or, heck, even Hamzat, you know, someone like that. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think a guy like this should be promoted on the next big pay per view, considering he's in the news for such a terrible thing. And by the way, no comment from Abe Kawa. And I love Abe. I love those the Kawas, but no comment, guys. And also the UFC, no comment. And Perry, no. I understand him, but Cole, really? Like they couldn't even have a statement issued. Don't you think that they should have had something? Yeah, I know. Just saying, like, even just say. Neither, or we'll wait until yeah. it gets solved in court. Or we yeah. won't say anything until it goes into the court's hands or something. 100%. And again, you know, me and Cole, we're not perfect either, but I don't think we're being accused of anything like this. This is pretty bad stuff. Uh, by the way, here's a comment here from DJ Hogan. We need to see a fighter transition from a tough to contender series to prelim main co main. Yeah, there's been guys that fought on all three, right? Uh, what's your, your boy's name? I want Espino. I mean, he's did all three, right? So he did uh, tough. Contender he didn't do contender series. Contender series, okay. So, who's the other guy? Josh Parisian. Bill Haas did tough in contender series. Yeah, there's a few guys, not a lot. Um, other news, uh, some fight announcements here. This one came out this morning too. Me and Cole. <laughs> Soon as I saw the tweet, I was going to tweet it to you, and then you sent it to me. Jose Aldo against Marlon Vera, at UFC 256. I mean, guys, this doesn't get this. Uh, you know, this is wow, sweet baby Jesus, right? Like, this is a great fight. Uh, love the matchup. Vera's looked incredible. Really, Aldo's a beast. 
surprise Aldo's playing guy ranked. I think is he fifteenth? I think various like he's at the bottom of the range. I think he, yeah, fi- I think he's thirteen to fifteen around there. I love the matchup, Cole. I, I, hey, I, he's fifteen. He's fifteen. I'm curious to see the line. I'm assuming it'll be close because Aldo always gets respect. But Cole coming off that brutal TKO loss in the fifth round to Peter only Gold. a couple months ago. Yeah, it wasn't long with Fire Island and Vera coming off the win over O'Malley in August. I think you'll see a competitive line, but I feel like O'Malley's or Vera's uh, going to get a lot of respect here from the public too. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to give a pick for this. I don't even know yet, but my guess would be Vera, maybe. But I gotta gotta see the line. I'm shocked Aldo staying at 135. I thought after he got Dominic like that by Yan, it's going to be a long way for him to get another title shot. You know, he had some spots in that fight where he looked good, cool. Like the second round, I think he looked really outstanding with the leg kicks and stuff. And I'm with you. I mean, this point is girl that weight's cutting. It, it just blows my mind that he went to 135 before he ever went to 155 because we all thought at some point he'd be fighting guys like Anthony Pettis and guys like that for the lightweight. Everyone thought the Connor rematch would be at 155. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's still a fight they could do, you know? That's still a fight that's available. Uh, a couple other fights are called Tisha Torres against Angela Hill. Uh, big step up for Angela, I guess, again. I mean, I wouldn't know. Well, I shouldn't say big step, but, uh, you know, Torres is a top 10 fighter, I think. Um, she's coming off a great win against Van Buren, but had lost four straight fights. Angie Hill coming off a, a loss to, um, was it Carlos Barzini last fight? I can't remember. No, no, was it? Or uh, no, Michelle Watterson. Michelle Watterson, sorry. Yeah, I mean, she's had some really close fights. Two back-to-back split decisions with yeah, Watterson. I thought Watterson beat her. I thought it's – I can't remember. I think I might have scored oh, a Michelle. Yeah. thought Claudia beat her, I, I think. Yeah. Or, sorry, she beat Claudia. But we both thought that Watterson beat her. I think that's kind of how we went. But, uh, yeah, it's a good fight. And the other fight, Jessica I against Joanne Calderwood, two fighters that really need to get back in the win call of 125. Any thoughts on that quickly? Yeah, that's a big one at 125. I think if Calderwood wins, I think she's getting an number one contender. She could, uh, yeah. Yeah, because she missed the last one. Yeah. Going to call me over DJ Hulu again. Thoughts on Tiago Sanders' sister? I mean, that's next yeah. week. We'll break it down next Hopefully week. Hopefully it happens. Two yeah. weeks from now. Two weeks from now? What's next November week? 7th. Next week's Saturday. Next week's Anderson, Uriah Hall. I'm going to take this last question from Marcus, then we'll plug our stuff. Out of all, hey Marcus, good morning, by the way. Out of all the UFC fighters who are not currently booked to fight, which fighters do you think would produce entertaining, uh, would be entertaining coaches to produce big TV readings? Jones and Israel, top of the list. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I don't think Jones would ever do it, though. He used yeah. way too much money. His time probably worth more. I think that, well, I think it'd be cool, but the other thing you could do is Jones against, I don't even know who would be, maybe Steepy or Frank, whoever, the winner of that fight, well, if they do that fight quickly, and then you could show Jones, like, training in, in the tough house to get ready for heavyweight like you could see him making that transformation in the house that'd be kind of cool too but to answer your question marcus i i still think masvidal and covington makes a lot of sense you know they're both booked about fights they both uh need another win i think to get the title shot so i think Masvidal covington but you know volkanovsky against someone could be an option as well you know potentially but i feel like it's i feel masvidal and covington but we'll see we'll see that's my guess though guys that if you hear it here first that's that's working 